Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Amen. Pastor Troy, worship team, phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal time. Both first service and second service. That, that song and them just staying there, just pressing in and just putting a demand on the presence of God. You know, and, and when, when, if you don't have a need right now, that song doesn't mean much to you. But if you're in the middle where to see Pastor Troy dealing with his, his knee injury, singing about a God that heals while he needs a healing. That, that's where faith steps in. Can you worship when you're in need? Can, can you believe when your need hasn't been met? Can you have faith even when you're still believing for God to break through? And I want to say to each and every one of you that showed up today that's in the middle of a storm, I honor you today because you showed up even in the middle of your struggle knowing that, you know what, God, ha I, I haven't seen the end of this yet, but I'm trusting that God is going to bring me through. I haven't seen the end of the storm. I'm in the middle of the storm right now. I can't see the sun, but I know this, that God said I'm going to get to the other side. And I know that if God said it, no matter what I'm facing right now, I will get there today. Somebody say amen. Stand to your feet with me. I want you to turn your Bibles with me to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3. Pastor Nick, great job last week as he shared with us on the first four points of our, our uh, core beliefs, of what we believe as CWC Bay Area. And our, our beliefs are important because your, your, your beliefs are the framework for your life. They're the foundation for, for what you, you believe. And the, the beliefs are our foundation. It's the very thing that we build our lives on. And if you don't know what you believe, when you go through a crisis, you could be swayed by whatever comes your way. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. I want you to take a look at the, what the Word of God does. Every part of the Scripture is God-breathed. Everyone say God-breathed. Which means inspired. And useful in one way or another. Useful for what? For showing us truth. For exposing rebellion. Come on, somebody. See, that's why a lot of people don't read the word because they don't want to recognize how rebellious they've been against the word. It's also correcting our mistakes, training us to live God, God's way. Through the word, we are put together and shaped up for the task that God has for us. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name, everyone says, amen. amen. You may be seated this morning. That word, that said, the word of God is God breathed, inspired. That's a, it's two words put together, theo and nuthos, which means God breathed. That literally God breathed into the writers and they wrote down what God spoke to them to write. That the word of God is inspired. Whatever God lends his breath to becomes life giving. Let me say that again. Whatever God lends his breath to becomes life-giving. Not just gets life, it gets to the point where it can give life as well. Come on, say it again, Pastor. I don't know, you, you're, 
Some of you are still at home right now, so you need to wake up. You need to get, get yourself here into church right now. But I need you to understand that whatever God breathes into doesn't just come alive. It literally has the ability to give life to other things as well. That's why when you come to church and you sit in the presence of God and you worship, you hear a word that inspires you. When you walk out of here, you don't just get life for yourself. You get inspiration to add value to other people as well. That's why a father that hasn't had the breath of God breathe over him has nothing to give to his family. That's why a wife that hasn't had the breath of God breathe over her has nothing to give to her kids. We need the breath of God to give life to those things that are dead and dying around us. Somebody say amen. amen. So Pastor Nick shared last week about God, about the Holy Spirit about revelation and about mankind today i'm going to talk to you about the next four but uh, why are beliefs so important it's important to understand dr miles monroe says an idea is more powerful than an army people go to battle for ideas people will die for ideas in fact dr monroe says there's nothing more powerful than an idea but there's nothing more important than the source of that idea where did that idea come from where did that thought come from and Bill Johnson says I can't afford to have a thought in my mind about me that God doesn't have in his and many of us are thinking contrary to what God thinks about you so you're fighting the Word of God so when you read the word that says I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus or you read the word that says greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world there is a struggle inside of you because you don't believe the word has that authority over your life your beliefs are the foundation and the framework for what life you are living right now. And until I break your thinking, I can't change your living. Amen. When you accept Christ, immediately your spirit is saved. But your mind has to be renewed. You can get saved and you're spirit be saved but still have stinking thinking so we have to change your thought pattern in order for you to receive what god has for you because some of you think that you're so damaged goods that god doesn't isn't going to bless you and that the promises in the word aren't for you they might be for someone else but i've got i've done too much damage in my life i've messed up too much i've hurt too many people those promises aren't for me you know what that's a lie from the pit of hell all God's promises are yes and amen. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. So everything begins with an idea. So if you have the wrong thoughts, if the wrong source of your thoughts, the enemy, you're going to end up with wrong conclusions in life. And so let, let me break it down to you this way. You are what you believe. Your thoughts create beliefs. And your beliefs create convictions. Your convictions create your attitudes and your attitudes control your perception and your perception dictates your behavior. It all starts with your thoughts, what you believe, because your beliefs will become your behaviors.
Don't, don't tell me what you believe. Because I can look at your lifestyle to see what you believe. Now, now we, we say we believe that God is a provider. But we go through financial struggle and we stop giving. What you're saying is that you don't trust God. You, you say it through the word, but you don't show it in your lifestyle. That when, when you're sick, you believe that God's a healer, but it, you, you, you doubt it. So you all of a sudden, you don't believe that God can do what God says he could do. Many things we say we believe, but our lifestyle calls us a liar. Because our lifestyle doesn't match what we say our beliefs are. Because your beliefs will always produce behaviors. And if your behavior is contrary to the word of God, then that means you have a, a belief that is contrary to who God is. Oh man, I'm preaching right now and you're not even... When you understand that your lifestyle should be a reflection of your beliefs... So if I want to change my behavior, I have to change my beliefs. When I change my thoughts, when I change my thinking, I can change my living. Somebody say amen. amen. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks, the Hebrew word means, it, it's an accounting word, as he calculates. Do, do you realize that every one of us, we talk about having a low self-esteem, or we talk about people talking about their value. This is what the word's talking about. As a man thinks, as he estimates, as he calculates. If you don't think you're worth it, you're going to put up with the relationship that is always pulling you down. If you don't think you're worth it, you're going to stay in addiction. If you don't think you're worth it, you're going to look at the blessings of God as curses. If you don't think that you're worth it and recognize who God created you to be, the head and not the tail, a lender and not a borrower, above and not beneath. If you don't believe what the word of God says, you're going to continue to allow people to treat you as the tail and not the head, as a lender and not a borrower, or as a borrower and not a lender. So everything gets switched in our lives when we don't believe. Someone say believe. believe. We need to start with the right thinking. And so uh, I want to talk to you quickly of four things about what we believe. Pastor Nick covered the first four. I want to talk to you about the next four. What do we believe about the fall? Do you realize that mankind was created in the image of God? But because of Adam and Eve's choices, they turned their back on God and ended up introducing sin into the world. They're, they're, they were created for God's glory. In fact, the Bible says that everything created has a certain glory. The stars have a glory. The sun has a glory. The moon has a glory. And God gets glory when they do what God created them to do. Do you understand that the highest praise you give isn't in the song that you sing, but in the life that you live? And that when you don't live up to the purposes and the call God had for your life, you are stealing God's glory? Say it again, Pastor. Addiction isn't bad just because it locks you down. It literally steals the potential that God created you for. Divorce doesn't just destroy a family. It literally destroys the purpose by which God had a family developed for. And so until we start seeing things through the lenses of the word of God, we just think we're just going through life. Your marriage reflects God's goodness. 
Your family reflects God's plan. Someone, someone's getting it out there. <laughs> Genesis 1.26 puts it this way. God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. And let them have what? Come on, say it. Dominion, Dominion means to rule, to reign, or to administrate. That means you're governing things. Instead of reflecting environments, you change environments. Instead of walking in and, ha and finding yourself struggling to get by, whatever you have right now, God has trusted you with. All the money you have right now, God trusted you with that. All your resources, God is trusting you with that. Instead of burying it in the sand and complaining that you don't have enough, take what God has blessed you with and utilize it. Put it to work. Get it to work. And I'm talking about your family. I'm talking about your kids. I'm talking about your marriage. I'm talking about your job. I'm talking about your education. Everything you have right now is a test for more. And God wants to know, can you, can I trust you with more? Or are you unfaithful where you're at right now? Well, pastor, when I win the lottery, I'm going to, I'm going to buy the church, a new church. You have been given in the 20 years you've been here. And when you do, it's usually you get that $5, say, hey, can I get $3 back in the... Now, I've just heard about people doing that. I'm just. Uh... <laughs> but do you understand that you were both created and made? Amen. Whenever, whenever something is created, every, every creator puts their name on it, their label on it. Everything you're wearing right now has a label. Your vans, my vans, we know they're vans because Van made them. And Van puts their, I don't know who Van is. <laughs> I've never met Van. But Pastor Cisco's always has Van. He has Van's shoes, Van's shirts, everything's Van. Some, when, when we work out, I got Under Armour. Everything I use is Under Armour because Under Armour puts their, their, their logo, they put their image on that. Whatever car you drive, your car puts the image of what it is that who created that vehicle on it. In the same way, when God created mankind, God placed his image on mankind to show that mankind was created out of me, from me, for me. You have God's image on you. You have God's image. So when we tear down a brother or sister, we are literally tearing down the image of God. I love what Chris Valentin says. He puts it this way. If, if someone created a painting, a portrait, and I were to look at that portrait and say, man, that is the stupidest painting I've ever seen. The colors are off. I don't know what it is that they were trying to get across. Am I attacking the painting or the artist? When we attack another individual and we call them down, we are literally attacking the masterpiece of God. And you're not attacking the person, you're attacking the artist that created them. Oh, you ain't catching this right now. So you were created for dominion. You weren't created to be under circumstances. You were created to rule circumstances. You were created in the image of God. Now, when Eve ate of the tree, she wasn't making a culinary decision. She literally was changing loyalty from one kingdom to another. 
When you and I know the word of God and make a choice to do opposite of the word, we are literally saying, God, I am not recognizing you as king. I'm recognizing Satan as king. You're not just sinning. You are changing loyalty. The, the, the most, the most, uh, the highest crime you could commit against a, na a nation is treason. When Eve chose to eat of the tree, she committed treason. She changed loyalties from the kingdom of heaven to the kingdom of darkness. When we sin, we are literally saying, I'm changing my loyalty from God to the enemy. You're not just sinning. You're changing loyalty. I don't know about you. When I started looking at sin through those lenses, it changed me from wanting to do sin. Because I don't want to hurt the heart of God. I don't, I, it's not about the sin. I don't want to hurt the heart of God. We, we, have you gotten to the point that the things that hurt God's heart hurts yours? Are you moved by the things that move the heart of God? You see, as they did so, man fell, and as a result, they were kicked out of the garden. But I want you to understand, when they got kicked out of the garden, God didn't curse Adam. He didn't curse Eve. What he did is he cursed the ground, and then he cursed the serpent, and he covered mankind. I need you to understand, no matter how many times you fall, no matter, no matter how many times you mess up, God doesn't curse his people. God covers them. Oh, come on. Somebody better shout about right now. We, we expose people. We curse them. But God didn't curse Adam and Eve. He covered them. And I'm grateful for that, which he provided salvation all the way back in the book of Genesis. The Bible says that before the foundations of the earth, Christ died for us. Look at this. Jesus Christ came to reconcile us to God about salvation. He lived a life without sin and willingly died on the cross to pay a penalty for our transgression. See, when, when, when Jesus died, Jesus died on the cross to get the Holy Spirit back into mankind. Okay, there, there's, uh, I'm stuck because we only got two people saying amen right now. and They're on opposite sides. Do you understand that in the book of Genesis, you've heard me preach this before, God got down, formed Adam out of the dust of the ground, and then lent his breath to him. Everything else, he said, let it be, let it be, let it be, let it be, let it be. But Adam, he formed, and then he blew his breath into him. He shared life, and he became a life-giving Spirit. Now, now, I need you to understand this. Everything else he spoke into, but only Adam did he breathe into. Whatever God breathes into becomes alive. Whatever God breathes into, whatever, whatever's dead comes alive when God's breath hits it. God breathes into him. When, when, Adam, when Adam and Eve sinned, the Holy Spirit was recalled. The, the Spirit of God can't dwell where there's sin. Don't, don't get it twisted. Don't think you can sin and have the Holy Spirit hang out with you. You, 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 can't, you can't be gossiping about people and then try to speak in tongues in the next moment. 
You, you can't attack people and then try to praise God. You can't, you can't worship and then use the same mouth to destroy other people. Salvation was all in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God demonstrated his own love towards us in this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. I need you to understand this. Salvation brought us to ground zero. Everyone say ground zero. See, when, when, if, if something were to fall, let's say this is my, my phone right here, and it falls, okay? Now I need a new phone. <laughs> if I pick this phone up, and I put it here, it's no longer on the floor in the falling condition, but it's in its original place. God didn't come into your life just to take you and bring progress. We're so caught up, and look how far I came. Look how far I've come. I haven't used it X amount of days. I haven't done this in that amount of days. I, I, I'm, look how far I've come. You know, I used, to, I used to sleep with women all the time. Now I just check them out. <laughs> look how far I've come. But that's not the standard. Salvation is about the standard. It's about getting back to where God originally wanted you to be. Salvation just brings you to ground zero. And too many of us are caught up in, you know, I got my ticket to heaven. But the, the, the gospel isn't about just getting to heaven. It's about bringing heaven to earth. See, we got to understand that that. We've been saved, but we haven't been converted. Let me say that again. We've been saved, but we haven't been converted. We still think like the world. We still think like paupers. We don't think like kings. Yet God said, I give you dominion in the book of Genesis to rule, to reign. In fact, Joseph's brothers got mad at him when he talked about his dreams of them bowing to him. They said, shall you indeed rule and reign over us? Those are the same words that we find in Genesis 126. You shall have dominion. What they got mad at him about is that he was walking in the purpose that God created him for. I came to tell you that when you walk in the purpose God called you to, there are going to be some haters that are going to try to pull you down, that are going to attack you. But you need to understand this. You were created to have dominion. We have a mental issue going on right now. now some of y'all are mental. You got a sister back there saying, that's, not, that's my husband, Pastor. That's my husband. See, we got mental issues. We got to start learning to think like kings again. You got to start thinking as royalty. Not as an addict. Not as a divorcee. Not as someone struggling to get by. You need to get a revelation of who God created you to be. And you need to start seeing yourself through the lenses of transformation, of salvation. That I'm not broken down. I'm not lost. I'm not someone. I'm not a sinner saved by grace. I am a saint that is walking. I'm a king and priest. I'm a peculiar person. I am set apart for the glory of God. That you start seeing yourself through the lenses of heaven, not through the lenses of hell. 
Salvation doesn't just assure you of heaven, but it gives us the ability to bring heaven to earth as well. So it's important to understand that one of the things that we end up doing is that we miss out our God-given call. Let's move on. So the kingdom of God is God's total solution to man's total problem. And the church is the vehicle to do that. God chose the church. Everyone say church. Now, you, you might love God and might not want to come to church, but it's the church that God created as the vehicle to evangelize the world and to be God's presence here on earth. You might hate the church, but be careful what you say about her. Because she's still the bride of Christ. Don't talk about his wife that way. Come on. Come on, somebody. Now, now, all husbands, now you, you've had some arguments with your wife, but let someone talk about them. Start talking smack about my wife. I may be a pastor, but it's on. We're going to get down. We are going to get down. Now, you might beat me, but I'm going to get back up and I'm going to keep going. Why? Because I pro- that's my wife. And I believe God feels the same way. We got so many people attacking the bride of Christ instead of making the bride of Christ better. So what's the church about? The church is meant to be the visible body of Christ sent to the world to glorify God and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look at Matthew 6, 18. Stay with me. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, the confession that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He never was saying that Peter is the Pope. He was saying this, upon your confession that you are the Christ, the son of the living God, I will build my church and the powers of hell will not conquer it. Everyone say church. church. That word church is ecclesia. That means called out ones. It, it, it wasn't even a religious term. What it was was a Roman, uh, it was a Roman institution. And what happened was whenever there was a crisis in a city, they would call the ecclesia together. The ecclesia came out and these were the influencers. These were the ones that, that, that were problem solvers. These were the rich people. These were the ones that drove the Bentley chariots. These were the ones that were dressed in Armani suits. They were business owners. They were people that had their families together. These were the influencers. Not the kind of influencers we see on social media today. That's not the influencers we're talking about. These are real influencers. That when there was a crisis of a famine going on in the world, they brought the ecclesia together and they came up with a plan to fix it. When When there was a sickness going through, they got the ecclesia together to find a way of fixing it. See, I I came to tell you today, I don't believe the government should be responsible for taking care of our people. The church should be taking care of the needs of the people. There's no better institution than the church to take care of the widow, to take care of the child, the foster child, the child that has been abandoned. It's our responsibility to rise up and start taking care of the needs of the people in our own church. Now, there's some people that play the system. Now, every Christmas, we get calls from the same families with kids the same age. They've been calling for the past 22 years, and they still have little Matthew is still six years old. I'm not talking about them, folks. I'm talking about people that are faithful 
part of the body, that you're going through a struggle. In the early church, they sold second properties. They sold second vehicles in order to make sure that whatever needs were going on in the church was covered. Imagine loving one another enough that you weren't concerned about what you were getting. We were focused in on just giving. The church was never meant to be a building. It's people. You don't go to church. You are the church. So when you don't show up on a Sunday, it's not like you didn't make it to church. No, you're still the church. And you carry God with you wherever you go. That's scary. That means that website that you went to wasn't just your eyes on it, it was God's eyes. And you were driving alone in your car and you saw that lady running by and you just kind of took that second look. You made God look. When you took that drug, you took that drink, when you said those words, when you gossiped, when you attacked, you made God a part of your dysfunction. We don't go to church. We are the church. Let me ask you, what kind of church are you? We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. God doesn't dwell in buildings made of stone. He dwells in the hearts of men. If you were to walk in here and see a pentagram on the wall, how many of you would freak out? Or walk in, I'm dressed in black and I got candles there and we're doing a seance. Or next Sunday you walk in and we got a Buddha right here with oranges and stuff in front of it. Well, wouldn't that be out of place? Once you look at that and say, Pastor, what are you doing? Bringing another God that's not even a God into the temple of God. We would never do that here in a physical building. Why do we do it in the temple of God? In the movies that we watch, in the music we listen to, in the words that we say, in the things we consume, the things we look online, we are bringing God. You are the temple and you're allowing things that are not of God to come into the temple of God. I don't know if you're hearing me right now. Pastor, you're getting too religious. You're carrying the presence of God. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You see, the problem is we've confused our destiny with our assignment. Your destiny is heaven. Your assignment is to bring heaven to earth. I don't know if you're, you're, you're capturing this because I think so many people are stuck on survival that they're not looking at making a difference. Amen. When you're just trying to survive in life, you're not looking at trying to make a difference in anyone else's life. You're just trying to get through. I get it. I've been there. When we were financially struggling or I was spiritually struggling, I wasn't looking at 
adding value to anyone. I was just trying to get by. But the kingdom's not about survival. That's not what God created you for. The last thing we're going to talk about as we close the worship team, if you would help me, is about resurrection. Everyone say resurrection. resurrection. Jesus Christ is returning one day to judge the both the living and the dead and to usher in the fullness of God's kingdom on earth. You see, it says this in 1 Corinthians 14, 21. So you see, just as death came into the world through one man, now resurrection, someone say resurrection, resurrection. Comes, comes from the dead, has begun through another man. What, what I'm telling you is this. The death of Christ brought life. But the resurrection of Christ brought purpose. The death brought life. But his resurrection brings purpose. It brings a purpose to your life. The resurrection, when God includes us in the resurrection, that means if you have a dead marriage, that you have now the ability to bring that marriage to life. That if you have a dead family, you can speak to that family and bring it alive. If you have dead dreams, dead hopes, dead visions, that God right now wants to revive those things that are dead, the things that you've given up on, that child you gave up on, that marriage you gave up on, that business you gave up on, the sobriety you gave up on. God is saying this, I rose from the dead so I could raise that too. Amen. Jesus didn't die on the cross so we could have church. He died so you could have dominion. Come on. I want you to take a look at your life right now. Inventory. Are you reflecting the environment around you? Or are you changing it? Are you allowing the chaos around you to become the chaos inside you? Bill Johnson said Jesus could calm the storm because the peace inside of him was greater than the raging tempest around him. You, you can't calm a storm around you if the raging inside of you is just as bad. It's time to take dominion. The pastor, you don't know what I've gone through. I don't need to know what you've gone through. I've lost a child, but I still stayed committed to God. I know other people that have gone through crisis and they still stay committed to God. We use too many excuses as to the things that we've gone through to throw in the towel. God created you for dominion. But if you don't believe it, you're never going to live it. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive. You will receive. Come on, stand to your feet. You will receive. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my power to be witnesses. The resurrection's all about power to be witnesses. I've heard people say, you know what, man, I, I, I don't want the Holy Spirit. I don't want to speak in tongues. I, I, I don't want to do the funky chicken. I don't want to act weird. And I get it. 
Just because someone else is acting weird because of the presence of God doesn't mean you need to. See, what happens is that you see someone operating under the Spirit of God and they respond by shaking. And what we think, if I shake, I could bring the presence. So we try to conjure the presence of God up instead of flowing through the presence of God. Just because they shook and the presence of God flowed through them doesn't mean if I shake, God's going to flow through me. But don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Your belief, everyone say belief. Your belief determines your lifestyle. And if you believe that the Holy Spirit is bad, you're never going to get to experience the power, the dunamis, the might, the ability, the power that the Holy Spirit gives to you to be what? Witnesses. That word witness is a court term. And in those days, you had to be an eyewitness to something to testify in court. That word went on to believe or to, to mean someone that would die for what they saw. A martyr. Listen carefully as we close. I'm not asking you to die for Jesus today. I'm asking you to do something much harder. I'm asking you to live for Him. Can you live for Jesus when it's unpopular? Can you live for Jesus when no one else is going along with you? Could you live for Jesus when it's hard? Can you live for Jesus when no one is running alongside you? God wants us to be a witness. But before you start evangelizing to the world, he says, start in Jerusalem, your home. Let's get home right. I'm talking to everyone here right now. Let's get home right. Before I can get home right, I got to get me right. So, so before you go home today and say, hey, we're, we're going to get this ship together, guys. You got to get yourself together. It starts with me. If I'm a mess, I can't put someone else together. And the problem is we know it. But we've gotten used to dysfunction. We've gotten used to functioning in dysfunction. We've gotten comfortable with it. But that's not what God created you for. I look around this room and I see champions. World changers atmosphere shifters people that have the ability to transform the environments around them that aren't going to just give in to what society is doing but they're ready to carry the power of the Holy Spirit into every aspect of society I'm gonna open these altars right now I want you to step out of your seats and just come to the altar for a moment on as you're coming right now. Maybe you're here right now and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior. Disconnected from your walk with God. 
God wants his breath back in you again. He wants to breathe through you. You weren't created to carry depression or bitterness or addiction or doubt. You were created to carry the presence of God. I shared in the first service that God created the earth and then Eden for Adam and Eve to dwell in. But God created Adam and Eve for God to dwell in. The garden was for Adam and Eve, but you and I were created for the presence of God. God wants to dwell in you right now. So you're here, heads bowed, eyes closed, and may, maybe you're disconnected from God and you want to recommit your life to the Lord. I'm going to count to three and have you just lift your hand in the air. Ready? One. The Bible says it's appointed for man to die once, then comes judgment. Two. Search your heart right now. Why run from God when all he's going to do is love you when he catches you? As I say this final number, left to right, front to back, just lift your hand in the air. Ready? One, two, three. You want to commit your life. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you as well. Anyone else? God bless you over here as well. God bless you. I'm going to have you step out of your seat. If your hand's in the air right now, would you step out of your seat? Come join us here at the altar. Really, come on, give them a round of applause as they're coming. Amen. It's okay. Just step out. Just step out. It's all right. If you're nervous about leaving your purse or your, your belongings there, bring them up to the altar because not everyone's saved at church. Keep an eye on Renee back there. He might go through your purse or something. Got Let's pray. Let's pray. Say this prayer with me. Make this declaration. Let me read. The Bible says, because if you confess with your mouth that the Lord, that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and from the mouth one confesses and is saved. Say this with me, Heavenly Father. Right now, I come to you with my sin and with my shortcomings. But I believe I was created in the image of God for dominion. I refuse to stay in this fallen state. You created me for better. I'm not into survival. I'm into significance. You created me to make a change. You created me to be the thermometer or the thermostat, not the thermometer. Let me set the temperature, not reflect it. So I believe Jesus died on the cross, rose again on the third day for me. I'm going to leave low living behind. Change my mind. Change my thinking. Let me start thinking like a king again. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.